What's up, guys? It's another episode of the Other Wrestling Dave's podcast. I'm your host, David Rosenberg. I'm here with Austin and Donnie. How are you guys doing this week? Yo. Doing good. Last week, we talked about the Royal Rumble. This week, we are talking about some of the fallout that we missed. We definitely didn't cover uh, the shows Raw, SmackDown, AW, or NXT uh, last week. So we'll try to do our best to talk about some of this stuff. Uh, Raw and SmackDown, not so important two weeks ago because that was all leading up to the Rumble. Um, but we will talk about the stuff that happened after the Rumble and then lots of dusty classic stuff in NXT. And AEW has had a busy two weeks as well. So we'll definitely talk about uh, the Wednesday Night Wars over the last two weeks. But first, uh, I don't think we can do a podcast on we are recording on a Sunday as we usually do. Uh, it is February 7th, and the Super Bowl is tonight, so we definitely have to talk about that. Now, Donnie, I know you are not, uh, you're not not a football guy necessarily, but you don't really care about the Super Bowl this year, huh? Uh, I'm more of a fantasy football guy, that's it. Right, hey, dude, I, uh, hundreds and thousands of people guy. play <laughs> fantasy football, so that's, um, that, that's, that's totally fair. I think once you get kicked out of the playoffs, a lot of people tend to just check out of the season. Um, but the Buccaneers and the... Who are they playing? I'm sorry. I'm all in on the Bucks. The Chiefs. Chiefs. Um, Bucks and Chiefs tonight in Tampa, right? So Tampa's the hometown team, but they are not the favorite. Chiefs are the favorite. Austin, I know you're big into football. We've been talking about football for several years. So what are just yeah. what are your thoughts on uh, this year's big game? Uh, first time ever, there's a, uh, a a football team hosting the Super Bowl, which is pretty wild. And of course, it is Tom Brady. So um, are you, you're one of the people that 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 is still you you hate Tom Brady you don't, you didn't just hate the Patriots you hate Tom Brady I don't I don't know it's 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 complicated I don't I don't know that I hate him he's just kind of like you got to respect the guy because he's like very clearly the the greatest football player to ever play the game right but he's just such a smug prick <laughs> like he's <laughs> he's got to be on he's like you're like HGH typical northeastern elite yeah I I, I yeah, get what you mean I just. Um. Yeah. I. He's. He's great. And it's. It's. It's one of those things where he's been so good for so long that you almost don't even think about it. But he's like, you could. You could literally split his career into two halves, and both of them would be Hall of Fame careers. The craziest ad I saw this week is that he will. Uh, after today, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. He will have played in 18% of all Super Bowls. That's that's incredible. I saw a different stat, and I honestly I can't remember the entire uh, statistics. But like, if you look at his resume, uh, you know, just in the last like five years alone, it's like an entire Hall of Fame resume in itself. Just ju- just you know, so it, it, it's like you're right. You can cut his career into two, and it spans so long. I mean, you know, this is this is the guy we're probably going to talk about for a long time. So I, I like Tom Brady. I think that um. He just kind of gets a bad rap for being on the from you know being on the Patriots for twenty years. It's like uh, Derek Jeter. I don't think was such a bad guy either, but he was the Yankees captain. So you know you're gonna hate the lead stormtrooper or whatever you want to call him. Uh, so I think Brady has that um, has that public image and he plays into it and it's fine because it's great marketing. But I, I'm really I, I'm excited to see him. I want him to win in Tampa um, and prove that he can like a do it without uh, Belichick and without the Patriots. Right, like he. You know, the Patriots didn't do so hot this year. And granted, he went to a really, really good team with a really, you know, great offense that he was able to just kind of plug into defense. Um, But yeah, no, but but he he was I mean, you know, I think it's a it it would be really good to see Brady get a ring that's not with the Patriots. So I'm excited for tonight's game. I'm obviously I'm here. I'm going to I don't know if I'm going to bet any money actually on the Patriots. I mean, I mean, on the Buccaneers, but um, uh, that's I'm going with the Buccaneers tonight. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that you bring up the whole winning without Belichick thing because I, I mean, well, you know, I, I think a lot of people have mentioned that, but I, uh, I, I was always very firmly in the Belichick is making Brady camp, but I think this year uh, has really proved that it was the other way around. No, yeah, that's a good. I, I, I want, Yeah, I was gonna ask you that because I think that there's a lot of people who, who, you know, that was the debate, right? Is it? And and I think that that debate is kind of silly because Belichick is he's more defensive minded. Am I right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, yeah, if you look at the rosters he constructed, it was always focused on defense, especially those first three Super Bowls they won. Brady pretty much got carried. And I don't the only know. time you ever really, like, the only good offensive players he ever had that were above, like, a certain level. It's were, like Randy you know, Moss. Randy Moss and, and, and Gronk. And, I mean, right. you know, both of those guys are Hall of Famers, but, like, that's it. It's just the two. Right. And I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think Tom Brady came into the league like as good of a player as he is now. He obviously didn't, you know, but I mean, he mm-hmm. grew with that system. So maybe Belichick did make Brady, but I think at a certain point, people continue to rely on that trope when in reality it was that Belichick made Brady, Brady, but Brady was made, you know, he was already, he has this whole second career where he's already this made man and, and, and done his thing. So if he leaves, you know, he's not reliant. And I think that got lumped into the conversation. So um, that's enough football talk, I think, uh, for this wrestling podcast. But it's Super Bowl week, so we definitely have to talk about that. Um, I guess next week uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll, we'll be debriefing whoever won. And if I do end up betting money on the Buccaneers tonight, maybe I'll be sad if they lose because I, I don't know. I, I tend to bet on the underdog and I, I, I get disappointed. Chiefs. Do you? Yeah, I I th- yeah, I I'm honestly I'm just hoping that it's a it's a good game, you know. I uh ideally it comes down to a 2-minute drill and either one of those guys coming down the the field with 2 minutes left and and a close Super Bowl is really what we all are hoping for, I think. That's yeah, it, it should be an exciting game. Uh, I you know, two good offenses, two good defenses. It's probably uh it's well, I well, I don't one think good it's defense. I I don't think they're both decent. Uh but I I don't think it's going to be the what was that big blowout? The Seahawks uh, Broncos game. Seahawks Broncos. That was the worst one ever. Um, but yeah, I don't think we're gonna get that. So hopefully the Super Bowl is uh, enjoyable and a little more enjoyable than what we're gonna uh, talk about that happened this week. Which is uh, now we're gonna go to the recaps. Raw and SmackDown uh, again. I I mean I don't want to dunk on Raw every week, but man, this is a like a three hour slog like it is it is the hardest show uh to get through we're not going to go through every single match that happened uh but one thing i did want to hit on uh just because i thought it was uh very it was talked about a lot i mean ryan satin even got in uh wwe on fox the twitter account like retweeted him uh this uh, quotes about bad bunny right so everyone on the internet is hooing uh, Bad Bunny. They don't know who Bad Bunny is because he's an international Latin superstar. We talked about him uh, on the uh, on the Royal Rumble show last week. Uh, we 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 all agreed that I don't think that performance on the Rumble was it wasn't our cup of tea. But I think we did understand why WWE is going with Bad Bunny. Now that said, they've doubled down on it, and it sounds like. He could have a potential WrestleMania match uh, with The Miz and John Morrison is what I'm hearing. I think he would team with Booker T. I don't know. These are rumors. So so you never know. But uh, Bad Bunny all over WWE. He said that being a WWE superstar is, is, is one of his dreams, I think, in the promo with Miz. So what did you guys just – what did you think about this this week? Um, it, you know, are they smart to double down on the Bad Bunny stuff or are they getting too much uh, negative criticism from the internet, which is, you know – they're American television viewers, which I think earns them the most money, to be honest. Uh, it's a tough question, uh, because 
to me, this has echoes of the whole gender Mahal thing from a few years ago where they kind of they're trying to reach out to uh, a segment of the population that's not really that into them, I think. And mm. I might be reading this wrong. Maybe this is um, I, and I don't think this is a bad thing necessarily. Like, I, I like that they're reaching out to different people. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think when you put it uh, as this much of a focus, like, I don't think you should have a WrestleMania match. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if, if they want to have him on as, you know, a guest performer or whatever and have some, you know, some matches on on Raw here or there, whatever. I just, I, for this guy, I mean, like, I, and, and, and again, I could totally be wrong if he ends up being amazing. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I've never been a fan of celebrity wrestlers at WrestleMania. At least in recent memory. I think in the past it's worked really well with stuff like Mr. T. There's been a couple. Um, I mean, I, Mr. T made WrestleMania 1, so there's really no uh, debate there. And then Cindy Lauper in the early Amell years. But that was, was uh, Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell's the only recent one I think that's really worked out. But yeah, I, um, you know, what you said about targeting a base that, I don't know if they're not, I think, uh, you know, what, so Bad Bunny's international. I think he's more popular in the Latin Americas. I think that that is there's a lot of room for growth in WWE there, right? And you yes. you mentioned Jinder yeah. Mahal, and and it's not like uh, India doesn't love uh, a Jinder Mahal, but b WWE. You know, they 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 like wrestling, and and those YouTube views that you're seeing on the internet constantly, a lot of those are from India, right? The things that that's the 50 million subscriber count that they boast all the time and stuff like that. Um, so I understand why they reach out to these markets. Uh, but my thing again, I'm a numbers guy. I always go back to what makes you the most money and that's your television contract and your television contract is worth a billion a billion dollars and i don't know that you know i mean i'm not saying latin americans don't watch american television but i don't know if bad bunny is the right thing to market to them specifically and i don't know if that's going to increase the viewership on raw i liked him on a royal rumble show i mean i didn't like him on a royal rumble show i i actively said i wasn't a fan of it but i am okay with him being on a royal rumble or a WrestleMania or something like that because international buys and things like that. I think there is, uh, there's an argument uh, for pay-per-view sake, but I think when it comes to raw, it's just about raw and SmackDown is always for me about television and how are you going to draw viewers in? And if that's going to be a program on television, it's got to draw American viewers in. And I don't, I mean, I, I don't see this guy drawing in that 18 to 49 that they want, but m- maybe I'm wrong. Donnie, how do you feel about this? There's probably a bunch of Spanish speaking people in America that have fox and everything right you know uh yeah he's an international star but i think he might be a domestic star for a certain demographic right i guess i don't i don't know the size of the demographic yeah and i I think that's big he's doing this correctly i assume that's the point as and i think time will tell if if all of a sudden there's a giant influx and you know let's not like that that has happened in the past you know ray mysterio i think and Eddie Guerrero, I mean, they were huge for, uh, you know, Latin fans. And, and to this day, I mean, you know, there, there are tons and tons of Latin wrestling fans. And I think um, I think it's like a, you know, a swing in the right direction. I just don't know if it'll hit. Um, I just, you know, I, but I think it's interesting to see them double down. Um, certainly the attention that it got, uh, like it or not, everyone that talked about it, us talking about it on this podcast, it being the first thing that we talk about on this podcast, um, I think that kind of just shows how big of a deal it was. So, uh, you know, maybe in the end it will work out. Uh, the other thing that happened early on in the beginning of Raw was finally Sheamus turned on Drew. Donnie, I know that is uh, things you have to say about this. Well, the only thing I have to say is I didn't understand why exactly he turned on Drew right now. I agree. Like it, 
It seems <laughs> silly. It's it's not like good planning to do that. You don't have a title shot coming up. But... Is, is it a let me ask you, is it a case of WWE like giving itself artificial blue balls and then just deciding to go through with it because like they 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 build themselves into these stories and then they think well this is how it's supposed to end but even if it's not the right way for it to go like Sheamus didn't need to turn yet I mean I don't think anyone was no one after the Royal Rumble finished was like I can't wait till we get that you know now that Goldberg's out of the way I can't wait till we get Drew and Sheamus I mean I get that that's a natural direction but it just feels like WWE or Vince, fucking Vince, just saying, "No build up. This, this what this is what has well, to happen next." I mean, it, from my perspective, it, uh, there's another pay per view before WrestleMania, right? Yeah, right. Probably Fastlane, something like that. I'm sure. Yeah, right. I mean, he, Drew's got to have some opponent opponent there, and it's not going to be. But Sheamus, I don't think this yeah, is the way to start Sheamus? it. It could I mean, be Sheamus. It just doesn't make sense for him to be like, "I, I want suppose. a title shot." But he didn't say, I want a title shot. He kicked them. Right. I, sure. I guess my argument is that, that there's probably better people. I mean, a returning Seth Rollins comes to mind. I guess maybe That'd they cool. don't want to beat Seth Rollins. They yeah, might also not they probably want to save caliber. Seth for later. But hell, Drew versus Seth going into Wrestle, uh, not, I mean, going into Fastlane. And then, I mean, what? Who's, who's Drew's WrestleMania opponent? You could continue that feud into WrestleMania, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, we don't know who Drew's. You still have, and you still have, and you still have a, a a cash in waiting to happen as well with the uh, the Miz. Oh, I wanted to bring that mm-hmm. up. Did did I? I I should have brought this up on on our recap episode, but did I imagine the Miz promising to cash in at the Royal Rumble? You did yeah. not imagine. No, that. that that absolutely happened. I don't. He did. And yeah, there was nothing about that. Yeah, I I mean, Rumble, right? Did they address that on Raw this week? No. If they did, I missed it. Uh, that is, yeah. you know, classic WWE, like we say all the time. They just, yeah, you know. But okay, so I will I will do a little bit of defending here. I think that there is a logical argument you can work out in your head. Granted, I don't know how much working out in our head we're supposed to be doing uh, for a television show that has three hours and ample time to tell a story. But I think that the story would be that The Miz is not that stupid. He was just saying it to get in their head and he wanted to tease it and then didn't you know, just didn't do it. Like that's uh, mind games, you know, you never know when, you know, to have the upper hand or something like that. And it's not like the Miz isn't clever. If anything, he's clever. He might not be the strongest wrestler, but he's, you know, he's smart. So I don't know. I think it was just mind games by the Miz. I'm not, I'm certainly happy. He didn't. I think the Goldberg match was, it was, it was fine the way it was. And we don't need to see Goldberg for a while. And McIntyre was just fine. So, you know, um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how, how how that'll turn out. That Seamus stuff. I really, you're right, Adonis. I don't understand the turn, um, but like it or not, like Austin said, that's that's probably the match we're getting at Fastlane. So that's clearly the reason they're doing this. Um, it just seems to be quite an interesting point for it to be one of the main focuses of Raw right now. With their, uh, is he the Universal or the WWE Champion? WWE Champion, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, we had Damian Priest debut. We kind of hinted on this uh, a little bit. I, I mentioned that, you know, there were pretty good rumblings of him and Rhea Ripley being called up. I don't think we saw Rhea, uh, this week. So who knows if that's actually true, but Damian Priest, uh, he came out. I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember what he did. I'm sure he just, uh, Oh, he was introduced by bad bunny. That's, that's what it was. So there was part bad bunny gave, uh, Damian Priest a rub. I is priest. Latin as well, I guess. You know, are they trying to make him into a Latin star? He, 
He yeah. used to be His Punishment was, Martinez. Right. right, right. Punishment Martinez. Yeah, I would like him to. I, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't want to sound like you don't. You have to sound Latin. Like you don't have to have an accent or anything like that. Um, but I think the whole Viva La Rasa stuff with Eddie really got him over. Um, and there was some like identifier, even having the last name like Martinez in Punishment Martinez. I think really just gets them over the way they want. Uh, so I hope that it's made a little bit more clear if that is what they're trying to do. Because I know WWE for years has been searching for um, a big Latin star to break into the market. You see it with Dominic Mysterio. Obviously, that's one of the things that they think they have. Come to think of it, I, you know, Raw, Raw could really be focusing on, on a big Latin push. And I'm, you know, Lucha I, is fantastic. I disagree with uh, a little bit of what you said. I, I, I like the idea of a of a new Latin star, but I don't think that he needs to like like identify as like, just walk around and be like, oh, I'm I'm Hispanic. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I, I think going forward, they should just be able to push Latin stars as just wrestlers and just have them. Okay, so I agree with that in, uh, in like, every other sport but wrestling. But they don't all have to be characters. No, I... Right, you don't have to be a caricature, but you don't have to deny, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to... Right, no, he shouldn't be like, no, I'm not Hispanic, but, like... Like, like go to uh, Santos Escobar. I mean, he has he has kind of a heavy accent and stuff, but he is, like, very, like... I don't think of him as, like, a super Latin caricature, uh, you know, like, you know, overdone character that, that, that they would typically do. I think of him as, like, a very strong, lucha-rooted background character, and that's clearly going to get him over, like, in the market, you know? Uh, not everyone has to be Pentagon, I guess, who just screams and is very clearly the embodiment of, like, uh, Mexico City AAA Lucha Libre. But I think that having some identifier is is important in wrestling, in wrestling. I don't think... Like NBA stars need to necessarily um, do, you know, <laughs> like play up anything. Yeah, I but mean, I'm sure he can work something in without I, like having to change up his whole shtick, though. You know what I mean? Like, well, right. I mean, that's why I think I don't know why they got rid of the name Punishment Martinez. I mean, like all I needed was his name to be Punishment Martinez. And I was like, got it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, Damian Priest sounds so stupid. I don't know what his character is supposed to be. I guess I think of him as like a priestly character some like weird darkly priestly character like i don't know he's just goofy that's not his character though his character is club goer no which makes sense yeah. with the bad I, I guess thing. but his character but is like, the archer of i understand infamy. the name is silly it right but he shoots you know you know, you know his character, his character. Is, you know his character is not the club goer they just turned him into that after he went won the championship mm, uh, they just put sense. him in a hot tub for one week and then had him party they have him with cars and stuff too. But like his original character, they introduce him as the Archer of Infamy. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But his whole his whole face run has been basic. Yeah, just like a party guy. Like he's like, oh, I'm 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 cool. I'm hanging out with hot women in a hot tub. And then he came back also, and shot the arrows on Raw. Yeah. Well, also, set the arrows. But I'm just saying, I don't have much faith for him on Raw. I think that uh, they could turn him into a big star, but um, I, I I think changes need to be made. But the, that's uh you know that's that uh more on raw we had again charlotte and uh lacy charlotte promised not to get distracted oscar said she was upset clearly upset about the uh rick and lacy stuff last week that lost them the tag team titles and now they're continuing this angle um and charlotte i charlotte looked like an idiot to me i is am i wrong for thinking that no you're not wrong for thinking that but in the beginning in their interview i think it was cool that charlotte or sorry oscar didn't outright blame charlotte for their loss she's like i'm mad that we lost i'm not mad at you it's understandable i thought that was kind of a good turn on the usual you're saying charlotte's apology to oscar was was good 
No, no, no. I'm well. Oscar didn't outright get mad at her. Right. Okay. So. Yeah. No. 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 They weren't. Yeah. They weren't just fighting with each other. I agree. It's it's very WWE decent. to just go to like cat fight immediately to to break up. And I am proud of them for not doing that. But I think it is just a slow burn to that. Um. At the end of the day. But this whole feud sucks. Man. Yeah. It, does. it makes everyone look worse. It's uh. Like I just I just want it to be done. Yeah. Ric Flair doesn't need to be there. Lacey Evans probably doesn't need to be involved. I, I mean, I don't know. Lacey Evans is okay, I guess. Um, it's it's kind of getting her over as a heel, I think. Right. She stays I, near the top of the card, like very often. Yeah. It's uh, she's so weird. She just flip she flip flops back and forth between face and heel. I think more than anybody else in this company, and everybody in this company does it like every other week. I. It's just I don't know. It's it's just tough. It's it's just not a good feud. And then finally, the show, I think this was the main event, was the Alexa Bliss, I just call it stuff at this point because it's not very good. She faced Nikki Cross in a match. I think she won the match. I honestly don't even remember finishes at this point. But she started doing the transformations and having the black goo come out of her mouth, right? Like all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so over. I get it. Alexa Bliss can really commit to a character and she's great at it, but like send her to Hollywood and, and let her do some real acting. I I don't want any more of this. I don't want any more of this. I'm raw and I don't think it's going anyway. <laughs> it's not going away anytime yeah. soon. So, so mostly this sucks, but this gave us one of the best spots in either of the rumbles, uh, which I, I think we also kind of glazed over in the recap, but when they just, all ganged up on Alexa Bliss to take her out while she was like mid transformation was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like <laughs> yeah. it's the equivalent of beating up the anime villain like while he's doing a power up and it's just like nope. I, I, people were upset that Alexa just got tossed out of the uh, Rumble without no. actually doing anything, but I do think it was it a was it, it was a fine story to tell. I mean, it was good, but Adonis. I mean, I think I think some of the character work from Alexa is pretty cool. I like that she did the hopscotch thing. I like that they're tying back in with her and Nikki having a past. They're not like dropping things like we usually complain about WWE True. doing. I, okay, we'll give them a point for that. That's you know that's good of you to note because honestly, I didn't think about that. And you know, going back to past relationships is something that WWE never does. You're right, and and they did do to it. Or uh, when they do it, I think they do it poorly. And this one made sense, especially uh, timeline with the wise. costume. Yeah, and with the costume change. Uh, yes, costume change. Right. Yeah, she like turned Austin's into. She turned into like three different Alexa Blisses, right? She turned into the regular or the 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 one she is now, like the prancing, you know, girl, like little girl one. And then she turned into the goddess Alexa Bliss. And then she turned into um, the fiend Alexa. What is Sister Abigail? Whatever you want to call her. Whatever her, you know, second form is in this current incarnation. But yeah, man, this is just, uh, this is no good for me. I, I'm not a big fan of this Alexa Bliss stuff. And we could, uh, you know, I we don't need to talk about this anymore. Let's move on to SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown was um, a little better than Raw. I think I think every week I'm probably going to say that as long as Roman Reigns is still doing this uh, tribal chief shtick. Uh, I thought there was a pretty gifable, uh, clippable moment of him screaming on the mic very early when Edge wouldn't show up saying, Why won't you play games with me? Uh, so oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be used. It was very, very batista yeah, yeah. Give me what, give me what I want. Give me what I want. Um, that's yeah, definitely. So I don't know. I think this is good. I think it's nice that um, uh, you know, we haven't gotten to NXT yet, but I will go ahead and mention that Edge was on NXT this week, so he's now done the Raw 
and NXT. I think he's talked to Drew and he's talked to uh, whoever Finn Balor. Um, and he and, and you know and he, and he kind of dodged Roman here, so Roman is a bit upset, and I think that is very in line with their character. Uh, do you think that that's that's the match that they're going to end up going with? Fatal four way winner take all. <laughs> just unify every every title. <laughs> yeah, just just let's get crazy with it. Come on. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind it if they did uh, some sort of triple threat like that. I think that would be very cool. But I don't even know who I would want to win that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know Ed- Edge and Reigns. I mean, I'll skip to the end of SmackDown here just because it kind of goes uh, with it. But Edge did end up confronting uh, Reigns at the end. Um, and Owens came in and made the save and stunned Edge, uh, not Edge, sorry, uh, stunned Reigns. So Owens finally, after three pay-per-view losses, got <laughs> some small little <laughs> win over uh, Reigns here. So I don't know how that's going to keep going, but Edge and Owens uh, teaming for a bit, maybe, to like lessen Edge's workload? Uh, this was another WWE-ism that I thought was really funny at the beginning of the show. They said, well, Roman said, KO's not going to be here. Right. He's but gone you knew for a at that time. second that KO was going to be there. Yeah. It's like, hey, here's this thing that we're saying isn't going to happen. And then, oh, look, the thing happened. And now you got worked. And it's like, that's not, it's not great storytelling. But I do like the opposite kind of viewpoint that Roman and Drew had in the sense that. Edge was there for Drew, but Edge was kind of the Roman in that situation, if that makes sense. He's like saying, like, hey, you should respect me as an opponent. Like, I can challenge you for your title. And then Roman's doing the same thing. Like, why aren't you challenging me for my title? Right. Yeah. No, that's I mean, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely part of the story. So the other thing on SmackDown I want to talk about were the Mysterios and Baron Corbin. They've been going at it for a few weeks. Uh I know Ray was telling Dominic a few weeks ago that this is, you know, maybe you need to listen to me and do it my way. And I guess my way is cheating because the Mysterios are bad guys now. Ray ended up uh, just grabbing Corbin from he was hiding under the ring, I guess, at some point during this match and grabbed Corbin. And that's what directly uh, led to the pin. So I'm not really sure uh, where this whole story is going. But if uh, again, this will go back to our earlier conversation. I think Dominic Mysterio is supposed to be one of their big younger stars. I don't know if they're doing such a hot job of uh, pairing him with Corbin and giving him this weird, unsure babyface heel role. I honestly, between the Seth stuff and this, I have, I have little hope and no clue what's going on with uh, Dominic Mysterio. And what happened to Aaliyah? Same thing that happened to Buddy Murphy. Oh my god, he's gone too. I think that I, I'm coming around on the whole Mysterios versus Corbin feud. Because if you'll remember, Corbin threw Mysterio off a building at Money in the Bank in 2020. He ended up on a second landing, so it didn't stick. But They don't even bring that up. No, they don't. I think the reason why they cheated was because Baron attacked them in the entrance. I think it was pretty simple. I don't think they're turning heels or anything. I mean, aren't they supposed to be a little more? I don't know what. I I, I don't want to say eye for an eye if it's involving Ray, but oh, you know what I mean. It's it's like why does he? Shouldn't he have a little more self control? And especially if he's trying to teach his son the way to do it. Like this is the like I guarantee when Ray was being taught how to lucha, he wasn't. You know, they weren't like just cheat, just fucking. You know, cheat. Like <laughs> that's not that's how you babyface. I mean, I guess my point is, is I don't think he's teaching him to be babyface. He's just teaching him to be 
a WWE wrestler, which is not what made Rey Mysterio and by default Dominic Mysterio so cool, right? Like Rey's Rey's appeal is that he's so different and unique and, and amazing and clear babyface, you know, for I was he ever heel? I'm sure he was at some point, but he's just so, you know, such a popular figure. I just feel like they're not doing a, a great job with Dominic, but, but, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, we had more stuff in the women's division. Uh, they're, they're stalling a bit. It looks like we're heading towards Bianca and Sasha, like we talked about on the Rumble recap show. Uh, but right now, it's really just Reginald coming out with a bottle of wine and saying, hey, maybe you don't want to challenge Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks is the boss. And somehow, you know, Car- that, that involves Carmella. So I think we'll see just like a big pile of that. And then eventually Sasha and, and, and Bianca will just end up with their WrestleMania match. Uh, Billy Kay will continue to be on commentary, and that is just the the silver lining in in in, in SmackDown every single week. Uh, we had okay, Adonis. I'll have to ask you this because I wasn't quite uh, clear on this. We had a Ziggler and Rude match against Gable and Otis. Ziggler and Rude won, but I wasn't clear on whether this was a title match or not. I I, I didn't think it was, but then halfway through, I thought it might be, and then when the match was over, I didn't really have a clear answer. So, do you have an answer for me, or are you unsure as well? I I watched it. I took notes. I didn't write down that it was a title match, so I don't think it was right. But I think they. I I think it was one of those where they make it out to be um like important those, for like, the title. Beat them and then have a title match. Right. Yeah. It's... If you beat them, then you get the title, which is usually how wrestling goes. But it's not always how it goes in WWE. But yeah, this was um this was definitely my bathroom break of the show. I just kind of moved on to this, and then I took an extended bathroom break because Hulk Hogan uh had a stupid clip, and I just have in 2021. I'm sorry. Maybe this is this will get heat with the older listeners and stuff, but I I have no interest in in Hogan. I mean. 33 years or 30 years ago they had 33 million viewers for that andre fight but like i hogan's overused to me in this wwe culture like he's just like they bring him in whenever they want a pop and it's always some skype interview from daytona uh i just i don't really get it i think honestly the way they use rick flair is better because at least they're putting him in some sort of story and something it always just feels like hogan is just Hogan, you know, like, look, we have, we have the Hulkster. He's old. I get it. But maybe it's just time to like, not use his phone number so often. Am I right? Yeah, I agree with that. I also think uh, it alienates a lot of uh, younger viewers. The first thing that, dude, the first thing that gets talked about every time Hogan comes on television is is the racist stuff. And how could it not be? You know what I mean? Like, that's what the youth is going to remember because it's the most recent thing. Like, he didn't beat, you know, he didn't get 33 million viewers with uh, Andre the Giant. Recently, he did the racist stuff, you know, or was revealed on the racist stuff. So I just think you're right. It does alienate a bunch of fucking people. I just don't need to see Hogan again. Then there was the triple threat between uh, Biggie, Sammy, uh, Sammy Zayn, and Apollo for, is it the Intercontinental Championship? Yeah, the Intercontinental Championship. So this this looked like it would have been really good on paper, just these three guys in the ring together. Uh, I obviously didn't actually catch this match, but uh, man, Biggie's one of my favorites. Sammy's one of my favorites. Apollo's super great. How did how did this go? It was a. I think this was also the best match of both of the main shows. The athleticism with Biggie and Apollo Cruz there making it a triple threat. You got the character work of Sammy and Biggie too. It's just. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun moments with their reactions and sick flips, big meaty meat, big sick meaty flips. men slapping meat. Uh, 
the ending, we had Sammy getting pissed that Apollo cost him the finish. How good is and Sammy then, lately? Sammy's been so good with the the sit out protest. So um, yeah, Sammy just narrowly gets pulled off of Biggie, beats the crap, beats the crap out of him, becomes a coward, and then gets thrown over the barricades and Biggie gets the pin on Apollo. Afterwards. Yeah, so I, I was I was a bit nervous during this match because I was not sure that Biggie was going to be retaining here. So I, I I did sigh. I mean I don't know because Sammy Sammy is so good at like like you said the character work, um, especially with like Biggie who is like he's really good in ring, but he also has fantastic character work. So I just think that mm-hmm. it's like really easy for them on the road to WrestleMania. Like Austin said, there's a pay per view coming up. I think it's really easy for them to just uh for, fuck big e and just take it from him so when, when he did retain um i thought that was good and obviously um you know the athleticism of apollo i don't want that to be our buzzword but it's hard really not to mention it like one you look at him he looks like a like a like a, not a i guess not a greek god because they were you know but you know uh, he makes carlito look he's like statue shit. yes he does yeah carlito looked really good last week and he does he makes he makes carlito look like shit um but uh, apollo is just fantastic and i'm glad uh he's you know I, I think everyone in the internet he's like to me he's like a guy like cesaro um i think a lot of people who pay attention to wrestling really love him he just doesn't get the opportunities that he probably should or that you know a lot of other people do so it's always exciting to see him uh in in a good match you know this was definitely this was definitely the best thing uh on the main roster this week so yeah i'm glad we all enjoyed that uh and then finally after that i I, we already talked about this uh owens came in and did the stunner on edge so that was really uh smackdown this week it feels like um you know, this is going to happen after the Royal Rumble, after a big four pay-per-view event, but they are resetting. And I think the storylines, it's always nice when they do kind of like a reset because you know there's potential for some storylines, but you know that WWE can throw an old guy in at the last second and just uh, have him fight Elias or something at WrestleMania. So I think uh, for the next few months, the Ron SmackDown, if not if if nothing else, they're going to be random you know excited like vince is going to throw things at the wall like he does over january to march and hope that it sticks um and especially because they're going to have some fans back for uh wrestlemania i think he is trying to do a a better job than they did last year although last year was not really their fault it was just you know covid literally happened on 316 day when, when when steve austin like had to show up at the performance center and was like what the hell is this so uh, that was oh a god i know it was so long ago it was so long ago but we're literally a year into the uh a year into the making that, so it uh, just reminded me of that whole <laughs> stone cold byron thing which was just the most bizarre <laughs> segment the i think i've seen hell yeah yeah and just silence and he looks back at him and, and then, oh my god that was so <laughs> stone cold is like what the hell is wrong with you but man yeah that was a those are crazy times and that was a you know that was that was a long time ago, but um, let's move on to the Wednesday night wars, or so they're called. It's not really much of a war anymore, but they do happen on the uh, same night. And if you listen to the investors call with me, I actually streamed that on Twitch. So if you guys listen to this podcast, uh, you can follow me on Twitch at Twitch.tv/slash Mr. Penny Lover. That's M R P E N N Y L O V E R. Um, but you can follow me there. I play lots of video games on there, so it's probably more for the younger crowd. Um, but 
I do things like listen to the WWE earnings call four times a year. Obviously, they have quarterly earnings calls with their investors and stuff. Um, but yeah, a couple people joined um, as I pulled it up and I put my camera up there and we just, you know, shit talked Vince and reacted to all the crazy things that they say to try to calm down their investors. Uh, so that, that was a good time. So appreciate everyone there. And if you're a, if you're a video game guy, go to twitch.tv slash Mr. Penny Lover. But the Wednesday night wars, we are, uh, we, you know, we're going to... We're, NXT, uh, like I said, as, as a product of that call, is going to. Pro- they said it's going to be on Wednesdays. They seem pretty firm that it's going to be on Wednesdays for for uh, a while to come. So, I think that uh, we buckle in for this Wednesday Night Wars name just because, well, it's catchy. Uh, but mostly right now, it's just the the Dusty Classics versus whatever is happening on AEW. Is like there's really nothing going on. Uh, on NXT other than the Dusty Classics. We had uh, two weeks ago, I said we talked about the last two weeks, so I'll, I'll recap the results from two weeks ago. In the men's quarterfinals, we had MSK beating Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. I don't think people really expected Killian Dane and Drake Maverick to uh, to go far. Um, it just, uh, yeah. It's it a just, fun team, though. It is a fun team, but I was like, I, as soon as I saw them line up, I was like, all right, MSK should probably get the push here because I think – MSK, Wesley, and Nash Carter. That's their names. Oh, I got to remember that. <laughs> but they, uh, I think I think they're trying to, I think they're being pushed for that young NXT audience because NXT is really trying to get that 18 to 34 demo. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I, I think that's the right decision, at least in that case. I know the week before we had a lot of upsets. At least I thought we had a lot of upsets. Teams that I didn't think were going to lose getting knocked out in the first round, like the way Johnny Gargano and... Uh, uh, what's his buddy's name? Uh, Austin Theory. Austin. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I just think that uh, this was more of a predictable thing, but it was good. Grizzled young veterans who, honestly, like I, I don't even know that much about. They beat Leon Ruff and Kushida. Uh, I think rushing. I, I think that frees Kushida up to go into the Johnny Gargano storyline. They've been playing that up a lot with Austin Theory. Uh, I don't know, Adonis. Are you sold on the Austin Theory, uh, Kushida, Johnny Gargano stuff? Like, what is, I, I. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just think that this whole faction by Johnny Gargano is not a- as interesting as they want it to be, or maybe as they think it is. Yeah, I got no problem with Kushida here. It's just the the Austin Theory Gargano faction thing. I think it's just dumb and goofy, right? And not in a good way, right? I, I, I kind of want to see. Do you want to see Austin Theory and Johnny Gargano if that's where it leads eventually? Do you want to see them? Fine, right? Oh, I fighting think, each other. Yeah, I think oh, that would be yeah good. for sure. Yeah. I think they're good as a tag team too if they weren't doing like the the father son thing. Yeah, well, I think the father son, I mean, you could do uh I don't know, he likes Star Wars, right? Like you could do like Anakin and Darth Vader stuff, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't know Star Wars that much. But um <laughs> if you team with Johnny, he's going to turn on you eventually. We know this. Yeah, true. Uh that's uh, well, I guess Champa's the one who turned on him eventually, but now Gargano's way different. So I think that is I think a turn is going to come. So I'm actually I'm I'm okay with that, but I I like Kushida. I thought Kushida actually looked good. He had a backstage uh, brawl within the past two weeks. I honestly get the weeks uh, mixed up at this point, but um, uh, Kushida again. I feel like I've been saying this for over a year or however long it's been since he came over from New Japan. Uh, he can be such a star in NXT, especially NXT, because the NXT audience, or at least what used to be the NXT audience, is that New Japan junior heavyweight division like that's exactly their cup of tea you know what i mean like they're the same people that mark out over osprey and ricochet and you know uh, like elp and all that stuff so i just think that i yeah i i kushida is like 
Another case of can't miss that definitely missed, but it's surprising that it happened in NXT, and I think that his come up is finally here, and it's going to be really good. And I'm glad he's rid of Leon Ruff because I think Leon Ruff is a stupid character, despite his boyish charm or whatever you want to call it. But just, I don't, dude, it's not good. It's what do you want me to say? It's not good. It's no good. Yeah, it's, no, I get it. He shouldn't be winning wrestling matches. He's he's fun to watch on TV, but he's just so small. Like I just. He it's looks like a child who, like, guys. he does, he, like, who just who, who, who won a belt. Like, uh, remember Nicholas with Braun? Yeah, he's. I mean, Nicholas <laughs> could probably kick this guy's what ass. I was going to say. <laughs> um, uh, then we had the main event of that show was Balor and O'Reilly. This was two weeks ago on NXT. Balor and O'Reilly defeating uh, Lorcan and Bur- Birch. Now I know uh, Balor and O'Reilly. That's your uh, that's your pick, Austin. Right? You like the? Oh the... No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, who's no. your pick? No, it's uh, it's Chompa and Thatcher. Chompa and Thatcher. Well, I also thought that. The, okay, so let me ask you then: Does this odd Ballon couple work O'Reilly, for you as well? Balor and O'Reilly also works for me. Uh, okay. They they're the same kind of thing, but Thatcher and uh, Chompa is the one that I hitched my wagon to from the start. Right, and I um, think it's they... actually it's funny that you mentioned that because I uh, you know I I haven't been super keeping up with this, so I was trying to remember who my pick was, and uh, I <laughs> I read the notes here and I saw Balor and O'Reilly, and I thought that. <laughs> that seems like it would follow the story, but I don't think those are the two guys. Yeah. <laughs> so it, we're just furiously Googling down here, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's Thatcher and Ciampa. Those are the guys. <laughs> well, they beat L- Lorcan and Birch, which I don't think uh, anyone is too upset over. Lorcan and Birch, of course, are with uh, Dunn. Dunn. Pete Dunn attacked afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he attacked Balor because he's going for it. I, they're fighting at, um, I think, they just set up the match to fight at the next takeover. I what is the the name of this takeover? Vengeance Day. That's what it's called. Vengeance. So they set up Balor and Dunn. So that's gonna happen. Uh, when is uh, it? Here, like in a few weeks, I think. It can't be. It can't be more than a month away. Uh, here's a fun side note about this. If you say Balor and O'Reilly, you put their names together and kind of say it with a funny accent. It sounds like Baba O'Reilly, which is the famous of uh, famous the Who song. I uh, thank you so for thank you for that thank you for that fun fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Moving on to the Dusty Women's <laughs> Round One, we still had a uh, another Round One match. It's funny because uh, they, they, they called the men's the quarterfinals, so I went to go look and be like, "Oh, what round is this?" But then I realized it's only like half the the women's tournament is half the size of the men's, so this is technically the quarterfinals, but they can't call it that because it's still Round One. Um, but we had Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai uh, defeat Aaliyah and Jessica Maya. Aaliyah and Jessica Maya. I mean, let's let's be real. They're just kind of jobbers at this point. Aaliyah's been in NXT for what feels like eight years or something. So she's you know she she's obviously mentoring this Jessica Maya, who I don't think I've heard too much about. But um, you know, I that's an yeah. expected that's an expected result there. I feel like you, you you just look at these names on on a piece of paper and you don't you don't have to think about that one twice. Right, and then, so we'll follow up right then. The next week, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai beat Caden uh, Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Now, Casey Catanzaro has, uh, we won't, I mean, we don't have to talk too much about real life, but she has uh, recently been all over the Twitters um, because people are not too happy with her, uh, I want to say her mask wearing habits, but I don't know her mask wearing habits. I just know that she takes pictures and videos in public and post it on her social media enough to the point mm-hmm. where it riles up a lot of fans because she's out at dinner with a group of friends celebrating some event, uh, which is not like it's not okay. So it's not Adonis is raising his eyes on camera, but it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world in, in COVID nineteen land. But when you remember that they're in Florida and they're in Central Florida, and that from a person who's lived in Central Florida, that is the last place on earth that they're taking this like 
that that seriously yeah. like uh it's not you know, a good look it isn't a great no. look no it, it is it does not seem safe especially because her we i think i don't think her and ricochet have broken up so we know that her and ricochet have also been maligned on social media for um hanging out with chase and rance who is uh, accused or convicted of some pretty bad things i'll let you google it for yourself if you want um it's 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 not good but you know there's uh it's similar to the uh, velveteen dream accusations i think if you're if you're familiar but it has to do with children uh so that's never a positive thing um but that, they've been seen i think training with him before so my advice i i am not i'm not here to make claims on casey catanzaro on how she should live her life but she should stay the fuck off social media, dude. She she is not good at this. Whatever she's trying to do is not working. Um, she's incredibly athletic, and I think I really enjoyed the matches, especially with a big, uh, you know, a big beast like Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, that's like you know, if Rhea Ripley's going to move up, Raquel Gonzalez getting the push that she's gotten in the past few months, she's turned into that big beast that I think people like Casey Catanzaro can just grapple onto and do all sorts of amazing stuff. And I would much rather be talking about. Uh, this kind of content when it comes to Casey Catanzaro than the stuff that I just talked about her. But when you scroll through Twitter and you see her name every day associated with these stupid things, it's hard not to. So Casey, for the love of God, delete the Twitter. Just delete the app. Don't do it. Only post on the computer and just post nice things, you know, like had a really great day of training or determined as ever, gonna win next year's Dusty Women's Classic. Like, there we go. That's that's how you ain't gonna win this one. It's things are things are not going well. So all right, I'll get off my uh my little uh, point. My yeah, soapbox. They were there. eliminated by Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Right. So justice was and, served. Uh, yeah, it's a pair of KCs getting knocked out there, and you hope that isn't a trend for this weekend. Oh Let's man, see, back uh, to back the to the Chiefs, Super Bowl. <laughs> the Chiefs playing. <laughs> hey, I'm I, I I hope so, especially because I, I as we go further and further, I do think I'm going to play some money before this game starts. I kind of uh, want to get on it too. I just don't. You I guys don't know, can just I don't bet know. each other on Bovada. Oh, we could bet each other. I'll bet you six Doge coins. Six oh, Doge coins. That's thirty six cents. Wait, <laughs> is it, it might be more than that at this point? Check the check it the might, numbers. It, it might, might be, be forty two cents. It's All right, up before, over seven cents. Even. Oh geez, we're gonna digress into Dogecoin and Robin. Let's not digress about Dogecoin or Casey Catanzaro. <laughs> Back to the uh, dusty men's men's quarterfinals. This is now in uh, the second week that we're covering. This is this week. Uh, Legado de Fantasma. Who I honestly I don't know their names. I I I, I think I've they tried said them. to write it down. I, I but I, 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 maybe that's wrong of me, but I don't know their names. And Lucha House Party. Now, I do know their names, I think. Uh, it's Grand Metalik, right? And it's not Kalisto. No, this week it Lince was Dorado. Okay. Yeah. So I, it's, I, I forget if Kalisto actually broke up with Lucha House Party. It is tough to keep track of guys when they're wearing masks all the time. This, this is true. But this was a very Lucha oriented match. Yeah. I thought this thing slapped. Um, I, I I've said it I think before on this podcast. I'm a big fan of the lucha stuff. I like the uh, you know the 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 the. I, it's not even high flying. It's more of the base grappling that they are so like emphasized on and the running of the ropes so that there's so much chaos in the ring, right? That things are happening that like aren't even that impressive, but they look impressive because two people are literally just running back and forth and like, you know, getting on each other. So I, I like, uh, I like Lucha cool. matchups a lot. And I think, uh, yeah. I mean, and now I'm, now I'm missing, uh, Lucha underground a ton, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
That's also a big lucha guy. It's a uh, it's 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 so fun. It's so uh, high flying might not be the right word, like you said, but fast pace is definitely right. the one that that comes to mind. It's it, it has a different speed and, and pace than than American wrestling and Japanese yeah. wrestling as well. I, I would say Japanese wrestling is even slower than American wrestling. Right. Uh, it's plotting, you know, but it's it's got its own appeal as well. So it's it it's nice to see like cultural differences. That's why I think again. That's why I say things like. Um, I want them to make like a Latin superstar that does emphasize on things like that because I think it does make a difference when you like consider that there are cultural differences uh, within the sport. But at the other Dusty Men's quarterfinal that we had was Champa and Thatcher. These are your guys. Uh, I, Here we I'm go. Correctly place them. Uh, beating yeah. the Undisputed Era. This was yeah, probably this their biggest huge. test. This is the one. This is the one that I saw when I was looking at the bracket. I was like, yeah, this is the. If they can make it through the Undisputed Era, they're probably going all the way. Uh, this was yeah, at least to the finals. Like worst case, they lose to some other team in the championship. But the I mean the undisputed era was the the one I was looking at, and I was like, yeah, that 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 could be a problem. But I mean, like like I said the other week, these are this is exactly the type of uh, the type of tag team that we've seen win this tournament in years past, and I, I think it's going to happen again. It could have been the final. I'm glad it wasn't. It set a good pace for the rest of the tournament. But I really enjoyed that. And also them going up against Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, who are two guys that know how to wrestle with each other. They do it constantly well at a high level. And then you get Thatcher and Ciampa being able to beat them. It just seems like they're going to win. Yeah, I you know, I think that they're um, I, the story that they're telling with Ciampa and Thatcher is is really good. Uh, you know, they're, they've done these promos where they're sitting next to each other, especially after facing each other in the, the fight pit or whatever it's called. And, you know, they talk to each other and they say that they're, you know, that this is entirely built on respect. Okay. It's on respect for each other. They may not necessarily be fans of each other or friends even, but they respect each other's work ethic and game and stuff. And, and that's why they're able to work together as a team and trust each other in the ring. And I think that's, um, that's a very classic story, right? Like, uh, you know, somewhere you've heard that there are only like seven real stories that you can tell in the world. And this is like one of them. So it, it, I think um, this is going to resonate. And if they do win, I think it's it, it could be uh, something that people remember way better than an Aleister Black and Ricochet pairing that kind of just faded into nothing. Um, do you think that WWE constantly having thrown together teams like this, winning something like the Dusty Classic, delegitimizes the actual tag teams to a certain extent? It's, yes. Okay, so WWE, I if you, it depends on who you ask, but they have a history of just not really, they don't think tag teams are that important, right? They don't, right. like, their, aside their from the... tag teams are always just two guys who are single stars. Right, and they're made to be broken up. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, you can go back to, I think a lot of people the go back. It was recent. Yeah. I mean, go back to, um, I just want to say like Brothers the mega powers, like Hogan and, I mean, Hogan and, and Savage. I mean, that wasn't a bad Stone story, but I H. think it, I think it worked. And then they tried it again and it worked. And then they went, this is the only way. And they do that a lot with storylines. They get locked into the Daniel Bryan thing, right? Like, oh, they think that, you know, they don't think Daniel Bryan organically turned into a star. They think that they Team turned him know. into a star. And that's not what they did. So uh, it's, you know, it, it is, yeah, it, it, it is something that they do. Uh, it does delegitimize the tag team division in WWE. I don't think it delegitimizes tag team wrestling because well yeah of yeah. course not that's not what i was asking right I and I, yeah i don't think you meant that i just think that it's an important uh note to make because it's you know it's a uh, 
it's just not something I've ever felt like WWE cares too much about their tag team tag team divisions being the strongest, right? They're always focused right. on the men's singles and you need big giants so that other, you know, smaller big men can get over the big giants. And that's, that's all Vince ever really focuses on and throw in a couple of, you know, sexy blondes and he's happy. So that's, it's, yeah, I think Shawn the Michaels. company, <laughs> the company is predictable uh, to maybe to a fault, but also some of the stuff works. You know what I mean? Like some of the stuff works. I, I you know, I, I gotta say, the final thing that we got to talk about uh, from NXT over the past two weeks is the Cruiserweight title match. Uh, Santos Escobar uh, retained over Kurt Stallion. I think we've been hearing, hearing about Kurt, Kurt Stallion for months now. Um, he was supposed to fight two weeks ago, but then they attacked him. Regal stormed in and got really mad at uh, Legato de Fantasma and said, you know, if you do anything to him, you all are in big, big trouble. So he didn't do anything to him. Um, but uh, Santos Escobar uh, retained. So I thought this was uh, interesting. And then... Afterwards, um, I believe it was Karrion Cross who came and faced Santos Escobar just to kind of get up in his face and, and challenge him a bit. I want to. Uh, Kurt Stallion is such a good fucking wrestling name. <laughs> yeah, like it sounds like a name that a, like would be a wrestler in like a, a TV show about fake wrestlers. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's, it's so, as it's, good to me as like Adam Hangman Page. They're like yeah, it's just classic. <laughs> I yeah, it, it it just feels right. <laughs> yeah, I I and it's I, and I don't know I don't know if you've seen this character. I know you don't watch all of NXT, but I like he did uh he did a video um like a promo video maybe two weeks ago uh, that you should definitely catch because I thought that it just kind of like as soon as it pan- it panned up from his feet to his, you know, to his to his torso and then finally his face. And once you saw his face and his long blonde hair and the way he talked because he started talking, you just went like, hell yeah, that's Kurt Stallion. Like, you know, <laughs> it's 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 he exactly fits the name. It's it's a perfect what name. Else would somebody it's a, with the name it's a like? fantastic wrestling name. So yeah, I think uh, I it's I was kind of sad that he lost, but uh, you know it was um it was good to see him finally wrestle because I don't like when they talk about people and then injure them the week they're supposed to do, you know come out. So uh, mm. I guess he was like a two five live guy and now he's uh, NXT. I don't really know is two five live still a, a thing? Are they alive? I don't know. I think they so. I I, no, I guess get, since he's alluding the whole to the cruiserweight division into. Uh... In NXT, didn't they? That's right, the, yeah. The, I think that was during the tapings and stuff, but they never actually canceled 205. I honestly have no idea what they're doing with this with that show. Because I, I, I think parts anywhere. of the Dusty Classic were on 205 Live as well. I think it's just an really? NXT property. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, but I know there are guys like well above 205 yeah. on 205 Live. Yeah. So... Well, that's it for NXT. Let's move on to AEW. We're, again, we're doing the past two weeks. We'll try to do it by storyline, I guess. Archer and Kingston kicked off two weeks ago, uh, but they actually ended up being the main event this week. Um, oh man, what a couple of bangers! Yeah, let's uh, let's. This is uh, again. We'll go to that Big E quote, right? Big meaty men slapping meat. Yep. This is this is the epitome of that. I thought what a hoss match the first time, and then they turned it into a lumberjack match the second time. So I thought that was perfect. <laughs> and then uh, Archer uh, had a little more to do uh, with actually the rest of the show, uh, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but Archer and Kingston, I, I think this storyline kind of wrapped itself up because of other reasons. Uh, but I really enjoyed these two weeks of just getting these matches. I don't, each time I saw Eddie Kingston enter, I thought, hmm, I don't feel like I ever get to see him do his entrance as a wrestler ever. 
But when he did and he started fighting in the ring, I was like, this isn't just some fat guy with a big mouth. Like, this is this is a badass who can really beat the crap out of you. I mean, he was... He's the man. He, he was awesome. So I was a big fan of this match. Um, even if it's not like... You know, it's not with those kind of guys. It's not gonna be the most technical thing in the world, but it's it, it is gonna be fun. And it I, man, have to be. I was happy. Uh, did you guys like this? Yeah, these are. I mean, these are two of my favorite guys on AEW, especially. I mean, they they're just both uh, the total pack. I mean, Archer obviously isn't like the best talker, but he's got you know Jake for that. But right. I mean, these both of these guys are just they're fucking wrestlers. You know what I mean? They got they got the whole thing going on. I I'd, I'd watch these guys fight all day. Yeah, they 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 have their characters down for sure. They're very yeah. uh and they like they I think they're convincing is the most is the most important thing, you know. Yes. I don't know <laughs> I don't know that I believe everyone in every company that's a giant is actually that intimidating. But I do, you know, like I kind of think Baron Corbin's just an asshole. I don't like I'm not actually scared of him <laughs> even though I probably should be scared of him. But I just kind of think he's like a douchebag cuz of that whole like vest that they made him wear for a year. But yeah, I think these two the, their characters do like they really shine in these situations especially this is like uh what's that movie that's coming up godzilla versus uh king kong it's exactly what this is except (laughs) except godzilla is definitely going to wipe the floor with king kong king kong is just a monkey godzilla is radioactive i don't understand the anyways we're not a movie review podcast we had more shack and cody set up uh they're going through with this they're going through with shack i guess it's going to be shack and jade cargill on the march third dynamite we we've gotten clips the last two weeks i guess from the the nba inside nba studios on tnt because this week we actually got with charles barkley and kenny the jet smith and what's the fantastic little host that they have i i ernie johnson ernie johnson yeah he's yeah so all four of them uh did like a, a little skit this week for dynamite that was actually hilarious and Shaq is going to be facing uh, Cody along with Red Velvet, and Shaq will be paired with Jade Cargill. So they this, also did a nice video of Jade Cargill looking swole as hell. So this concerns me because Shaq and Cody sounds very suspiciously like Shaq and Kobe, and we all know how that turned out. <laughs> well, it, not great. It didn't end well, but I think they reconciled <laughs> eventually. No, I don't think they did. Actually, I don't. I'm not I, sure that they I, did. I, yeah, they didn't. I, I, that's 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 unfortunate, but. It does sound like Shaq and Kobe a lot. I didn't even think about that. I do. You, do you th- I don't know if they'll play off that with with Kobe passing within the last year yeah, or so. I, I, but I doubt they would. But, but that is an interesting. Um, is, I I don't know. Is marketing wise, it's you almost you almost like want to convince yourself into doing it because it's it it sounds it, it sounds like it a buddy buddy show. Shaq and Cody. You could you could sell this thing on TNT. But I, I I'm. Ooh. Oh my god! I would watch that. I would watch the <laughs> shit out of that. Especially, well, I, I think that uh, I, I think Cody's been very, very good with being this brand ambassador for the first mm-hmm. year or so of AEW. You know, he's he's done a lot. Um, maybe at the expense of his wrestling career a bit. Uh, you know, obviously he did the no. I mean, he gets his. He he obviously gets his shine and everything when whenever he wants. You just mean like in terms of actual in ring? Yeah, he doesn't. He's not wrestling yeah. as much. You know, he. I mean, uh, he he was the champion for a while, obviously, which was which, which was obviously a really good run. But he took the Brody loss, obviously, so he could go do the big show, the Go Big Show, uh, film all of that, and you know that's that's got to help some with name recognition. I mean, they at least get a you know a six, seven, eight hundred thousand viewers every week, so. I, you know, he does a lot for the Snoop Dogg stuff, yeah, he's got a lot the Shaq of, stuff. Lot of in the fire. Yeah. But uh, as far as matches go, 
I'm scared to see Shaq in a ring. Do you remember Gronk at WrestleMania? And how yeah. corny it looked? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be good either. But I, I'm just such a huge Shaq mark. I'll watch anything that he does. Obviously, like, we're hoping for a Pat McAfee situation. Yeah, but we're not going to get that. But we're not going to get best, that. I think best case scenario, they break the ring. Oh, you think? I but yeah, Shaq. I mean, it would kind of have to be on Shaq alone. But that would be that would actually oh yeah, be pretty, Shaq, pretty Shaq's cool. So fucking big. <laughs> yeah, Jade Cargill's huge too. It's it's very interesting that they're going with this because I just don't really see. You know, is Shaq elevating Jade Cargill here? I mean, I guess we're all going to know her name after this. But yeah, I'm really not sure what the point of this is. It, it, it's a very it's interesting fun. matchup. It is fun, but other than um, bringing the brand recognition, I'm not sure what it's going to do. And I think the in- the interesting thing is that it's going to be on a. Uh, I said it before, but the March third dynamite. That uh, date right there is just that's a dynamite, right? It, that's not a special date, is it? The, I, I mean, mean, it's my grandma's birthday, but I don't think they know that. If they're if they're, <laughs> you sure they're not doing a special event for your grandma? She no, is turning ninety three. That Shaq. could be yeah, maybe. Oh, how does she feel oh 92, 92, 92. Never mind. I didn't want to give her one extra year. I mean, they're cross doing the uh, cross promoting this whole thing with NBA on TNT, right? Like, I mean, right. that is one of the biggest shows in the country, right? Every night, and if that's going to get a couple people to tune in to watch Shaq wrestle somebody, true, true. I mean, th- that's definitely the hope, and I, I you know, I mean. The people who watch the NBA are young males. I mean, that's that's the mm-hmm. demo that watches the NBA. So of course, AEW would love any crossover with that. But it's a it's an intergender match, right? So they're I mean, are they trying to get the people who watch the NBA and their girlfriends that are going to be you know that are going to have to get tagged along to watch anyways? Because that's I mean that's how a lot of viewership works, you know. But uh, it's, yeah, I'm not really sure why it's an intergender match. That is the confusing part. I guess it's to especially on check. not necessary. Yeah, not necessarily. I don't. I don't know if Jade Cargill's a fantastic wrestler. I've never seen her wrestle, and I don't know if Red Velvet's a good wrestler. So I think the Shaq and Cody one on one is more interesting, especially with the natural out with Brandy being pregnant. You know, I thought you just kind of had room for Cody to defend her honor, you know, like, but they're continuing with the Jade Cargill stuff. So it seems like this is all an effort to make Jade Cargill. Now, I don't know if that story is true that they tell on Dynamite every week that Shaq and Cargill know each other uh, and, you know, have some sort of relationship, uh, you know, friends or, uh, you know, it's like a someone who you call uncle who's not really your uncle, you know, but uh, it, if, if that's the reason that Cargill's inserted into it, I, you know, I think that's a mistake on the part of AEW, you know, just to get Shaq's name involved. I think people will see it and go, because what happened the last time the NBA fans t- tuned in? They saw Chris Jericho, saw him be kind of chunky and made fun of him. So these people are not going to be kind. Um, and if they see something they don't like, I don't know. <laughs> they might troll. Well, in I'll this case... What. Somebody else on March 3rd is going to be calling Shaq uncle, who his uncle, he is not. And that person is Cody Rhodes. <laughs> so you, you got Shaq for this? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. He's twice his size. <laughs> right, yeah, all right. I guess it does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> the difference here is that Shaq would be the chunky one. Oh, yeah. He would so be the chunky they, one. I, I get- they, might, they might just like reserve judgment. I did appreciate uh, Arn's speech, though. Arn gave a nice speech where he talked about that Shaq was dominant in a sport for 19 years or however long it was. And that, you know, they gave him, I think that Arn, you know, Arn's very, obviously old school, but he, 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 he did a very good job in making me like understand that they're not going to take this guy lightly and that, you know, how you, how you approach someone who is considered, 
a world-class athlete past their prime, but, you know, is participating in a sport that isn't theirs, right? Like that is something I think should be focused on way more because that is always the caveat to why the wrestler beats the the bigger guy, especially with the size difference of Shaq and Cody. You know, you mentioned it. He, Shaq is twice the size. But I think Arn, yeah. with his Waffle House card saying, you know, we, we're going to make a plan, that's <laughs> – that that that's, that that that's good storytelling to me. No, you're right, and I agree with that. And generally, I think that works for the uh, the you know the old athlete crossing over to wrestling storyline. But those old athletes are never Shaq size. You're right. You you're right. They didn't have. He's sh- just <laughs> he's just one of the biggest humans that has ever existed. And yeah. I just I I just I want to see him crush Cody. Like I just I, I want to see it happen. I think it would be so funny. I, I just don't think we're going to get I, – I pray for it, but I don't think we're going to get it. But if Shaq can attempt the splash that Snoop no. Dogg tried. Oh, my God. Just and teach then, him oh, how to do it ring. safely. Boom, ring gone. Just, yeah. I mean, what Shaq doing a splash, that's the thing that's going to make the ring go, right? Like if you like, – Yeah, that's, for that's sure. What, so that's that's what I'm into. I, but, hey, I you know, I think – it's certainly something we are going to talk about. It's certainly something that, uh, you know, people on Twitter and the internet are going to talk about. So I think this is a, you know, it, 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 in the end, it will be a good move. I just think it's not the best maneuvered thing that they could have done uh, the way they've kind of booked themselves into this. It's just why not just have Cody and Shaq? But hey, we're still going to get it in some form. So that's OK. Another match that was on uh, AEW was the Jungle Boy and Dax Harwood. I think we talked about this in the buildup, but Dax Harwood was really uh trying this was his idea so he was really trying to get jungle boy over in this match uh luchasaurus was cuffed to whoever dex whatever the scott dawson guys yeah there you go that guy and tully they were all chained together outside so they couldn't interfere uh and it was a legit match and it was a good match and i think dax really sold it well that um he was cocky and he got uh, outplayed by this young kid who's getting better and better each day. He really didn't help Jungle Boy grow, and I thought that was good. Jungle Boy's got his own song now. People are singing it. Um, Jungle Boy, this is this is a big year for him. I think it's gonna be a really, really big yeah. year for him. It's it's he's he's fantastic. But uh, I, this this was a really good match. I think I made a bet with you when AEW was first starting that Jungle Boy would never win a title in <laughs> AEW. Yeah, I think you did do that. Uh, and I am, uh, you know, prepared to lose that bet pretty soon. Do you know so, what we bet on it? Was it a gentleman's no. agreement or it was, was it the regular $1,000 that we, that we typically bet? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Donnie, about this Jungle Boy and Hardwood match? I feel like it's, uh, up your alley. Like I'm happy to have Jungle Boy doing more one-on-one matches, especially against bigger people. I mean, you're going to be hard pressed to find someone smaller. But he always makes himself look good, and it's believable. He's just getting better and better, like you guys said, and I think he's got a title probably this year, Austin, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see him challenging for the uh, the TNT title at some point, or even or the oh, tag titles. That would be a cool match. Yeah. Yeah, it would, it would be fun. This week, FTR kidnapped Marco Stunt. Right, as the development of that. And I think it's funny because FTR itself is not a three-man faction. But the Loot Jungle Express, is that what they're called? What are they called? Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Express. Express. The Jurassic Express is a three-man faction of wrestlers, right? Marco wrestles, but the third person that he's now kind of, right, like if, if you're just trying to pair them off like in a natural setup, he's paired with Tully. 
So Tully's an old man who just kind of screams at the camera every few weeks. And and that's what yeah. that's what Marco's getting relegated to. And I think that's kind of funny. But he did get kidnapped and gagged by Tully this week. So um, you know, this this is this feud is not over for sure. Yeah, it's not I, like Marco's some big monster anyways. He's the he's the very clear third. And yeah. if 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 Tully can take any wrestler on this roster, it's gotta be Marco Stein. <laughs> no, and it's it's great to use him as bait because it's it's you believe it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. We, I mean, I, growing up, right? Like, I think everyone had a friend that was like a little smaller, right? Like than the, the rest of the group, and like, it's not like anything was wrong with them. They were just like, you know, you, you when people picked on them, you defended them, and now that's their little buddy, right? Like, that's their Marco stunt. Maybe it's like a younger brother or something like that. But there's definitely that feeling and story that they're telling, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna. It's gonna work well. So, uh, it's 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 funny. Um, I didn't. I didn't like the promo segment though by Tully. I just thought, I don't know if um, if Cash and Dax were like also feeling it because I could see them kind of. I felt like they were rolling their eyes at some points, but I was just like, Tully, get on with it, dude! Like, what are you saying? It's like, do you just not do you not plan this out before you go? Marco Stunt is basically Squeak from basketball. Oh God, what a reference! I mean, yeah, if if you're listening to this podcast and you know what basketball is, we appreciate you. Oh yeah, you're our target demo. You're our target demo, absolutely. But he's he's absolutely squeak, a guy that you just pick on no matter what. But he's he's yours, you know. He's bitch, but he's your bitch. Uh, what else did we have from NXT this week? Uh, we had the or from the past two weeks, we had Hardy and uh, Hangman, right? That that's a thing that's kind of progressing. So two weeks ago, uh, Matt Hardy uh, asked. He noticed that Hangman hasn't been having such a great time and that he might need that he's been dressing outside and he's, he doesn't have any friends and anything like that. So clearly Matt Hardy is trying to court uh <laughs> Hangman Page here directly after Hangman turned down another group that was just trying to get him to join. Um I don't know how I feel about this storyline, but we do have I guess a bit of inside knowledge, right? So uh Austin, you and I have a friend who lives in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And he uh, he works at a bar up in Jacksonville that's near the Dynamite place, and I guess um, they they filmed some stuff at that bar. So he he got to see uh, Matt and Hangman shoot their segment. So it looks like there's going to be a contract. What did you? The, he sent us a picture, I think, of a contract that was of Matt Hardy yeah. and Hangman Page. So I think we're going right. to see something like that in the coming week. Right. It, it. Yeah. We are. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. We're breaking the news. There will be a uh, Matt Hardy versus Hangman Page match sometime in the near future. Um. But I don't know if I like this pairing so much. I think that. Um. I think that this is too repetitive of someone trying to get into Hangman's pants when he doesn't want it. Is is? Am I wrong yeah. for thinking that? No, I agree. I'm not sure what the what the idea is here. Like what? It just. It, it feels kind of pointless like why not why not just move on to something else i you're telling me i mean i what, what would like i mean can you see a world adonis where hangman actually joins hardy because that's the only reason i could see you see them doing this you know like why would you double down on a storyline so similar is if they have different results right but i have no idea why they're doubling down on it this is news to me i I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. They're teaming up this week. I think it kind of makes sense. It was a negative one's birthday fallout right. situation. But 
moving ahead to have them wrestle each other, yeah, makes sense. But that's only because of the finish of this match. I don't need to carry on seeing these two against each other. I just wonder if in the contract there's going to be, I mean, right, because Matt Hardy's shtick right now, especially with private party, is that he writes contracts that are beneficial to him and not beneficial to the other person. So if this is, in fact, the match contract that we saw and they stick with this idea because it is wrestling, so plans change. Um, but if they face each other, this has to be a plot by Matt. So I, I'm, you know, I'm a little low on the storyline, but the two people involved are very, very good at this. So, uh, so hey, I just actually went back and looked for that picture, and it turns out that is a match contract for Revolution. Uh, wow. Which is going to be, yeah, right, which is going to be March... Uh, Shoot, I just put the seventh, I think. March yeah, March seventh. Uh and yeah, so that's actually that's actually kind of news, isn't it? Yeah, that is uh that's uh, again it's wrestling, so I guess plans can always change, especially <laughs> you know. But it's uh it, yeah, that's that's gonna be a really big deal. Um and and, and it looks like this storyline uh it, it is very odd for them to double down so hard, but I you know, this storyline's certainly not going away, and I just wonder if we're gonna have some version of Matt and Adam Page as a team, you know, I, I just, I wonder what's in the future for, for, for Matt, Matt Hardy. Cause he's, he's been doing this, uh, what's his character right now? Big money, Matt. He's been doing that for a little bit. So that's just, uh, you know, it, he's had so many progressions. I think he just needs something and it's clear. I think it's forming at least with the knowledge that we have now that there's a match at revolution for him that they have a plan for him. It's just we I don't think it's fully clear to us yet as fans. And that's, I think, one of the better parts about AEW is uh, that they uh, they have really, you know, really good storylines that can surprise you at times. And then they have storylines that can uh, that can go exactly how you think they're going to go, which is how the wedding went this week. We finally got on Beach Bash, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford um, getting married guys where do we where where do we start i i don't know if we should have saved this for last because we could probably do a full half hour on it but it was jeez i i mean from from talking about our boobies to you know orange cassidy jumping out of a cake it had everything i you know what were some of the highlights it's a wrestling wedding man it's (laughs) you just it's it's can't miss tv it's uh you you know it's going to be something insane you uh, you 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 kind of hope that there's a normal one one day but it's it's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I kind of hope there was no swerve, and this was, was just like a, a down the middle wedding. But no, it was down the middle. So it, it, the, oh yeah, like an usually aisle. usually divorces are more down the middle. But uh, <sighs> so <laughs> depending on who's so, the lawyers. Yeah, no, that's a horrible joke. Uh, but that was the interesting thing about this one is that it started out relatively normal, uh, and it it didn't totally go off the rails until like the very end when Orange okay I, it didn't start hit. relatively normal that freaky little priest with the eyes that, i don't know it was, is that the sinister mister i think that's the what sinister I oh, minister yeah, that's yeah. The, oh god what's his name yeah the guy from uh, they, they, they looked up his name okay so let me ask you all right so the way i watch aw is a bit different i i don't watch it on cable i watch it on the internet and i get the one that's streamed over to foreign countries because you can often see during the breaks right when they do picture in picture you can often see uh, you can hear what what they're saying, right? And and the commentary is a little more loose and stuff. So sometimes when they start to crack jokes and have fun, I assume that they're being loose and they're not on air. But that sinister minister thing, I think, I think that that's was his name. 
I think that was on air, yeah. So That's I, who he is, I think. I wonder how much of this actually made television and what parts didn't, because I, I, I would assume some of this was a bit risque, but he did talk about the first time he met her, he was staring at her boobs, right? That was in his vows. That was on regular TV. Right, okay. And then... Uh, was the part where Rusev was was singing "What Is Love" with the crowd? Was that also on television? That, if I'm you not think sure. I watch this on cable, I like I rewatched some of it again today from the cable feed, and some of the stuff I saw from the Fight TV feed. Uh, on well, Wednesday. all right. So since we don't know whether or not it was on cable, I'll just recap it. But it felt like there was a natural pause at some point, maybe when they were putting on the little, uh, you know, the 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 cuffing him to the. To the side, whatever Rusev got stuck on, whatever um, he Chuck got e. cuffed to the post. Right. So whatever Chucky e. T put, w- w- was cuffing him, but he was talking to the crowd and he said, what is love? And the crowd started chanting back, baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. And he and then he did it again. And I was like, this cannot be on television because this is just clearly DCMA? like CMA. It, no, it's it's house show stalling. It's you know, it's yeah. like it's it's it, it's so funny. But um, this was like uh, if you watched it all the way through without the, you know, without watching the commercials and the picture in picture, right? If you actually watched like everything that was uh, presented overseas, it was one of the most chaotic events I've ever seen on like a wrestling show. And that's saying something. It just had so much crazy energy. I I, I don't know if I loved it or hate it. I honestly don't. It's a wrestling wedding. A riddling. A thumbs up or a thumbs down? Thumbs up. Thumbs up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. Someone came out of a cake. How could it be bad? And they and, and it was funny because Jim Ross, you know, hinted that he'd, you know, he'd obviously been at a bunch of wrestling weddings and they never go well. So it's not like they were stupid here. And even Rusev said, you know, I've been to wrestling weddings and had my own and stuff like that. So it's, uh, you know, it was yeah. it, it was tongue in cheek. A lot of it. I thought yeah. it was very meta. Also, I, he interrupted. I want to point out like, the, no, the minister. Uh, the minister's name is James Mitchell. Uh, he was a mainstay in uh, Impact TNA wrestling for oh. most of the mid 2000s. Uh, he managed Abyss for a while, and he was uh, just a super weird character. Obviously, you know, same character. A sinister minister. Time. A sinister minister. And apparently, I just actually had to look this up. He is back with Impact currently. So this is part of the cross promotion. It would it would appear that way. <laughs> that's that's incredible. <laughs> I love how- I love uh, picturing Don Callis, and he's like, "All right, I'm bringing the Good Brothers, Kenny, and you." <laughs> and I said, "Actually, I said the wedding was the last thing we we're going to talk about, but it's clearly not the last thing we're going to talk about because, as I say, cross promotions. I clearly have to talk about the biggest news of the last two weeks, and probably uh, the most important thing we're going to talk about on this podcast is oh, Kenta. Yeah. Kenta. I mean, the Bullet Club. It's no secret. Doc Gallows and uh, Carl Anderson have been on the show." on AEW for the past two weeks and obviously kenny was on impact and private parties doing stuff on impact uh but kenta new japan new japan strong uh now with AEW make making moves i mean they obviously move lance archer into there too because it seems new japan only wants uh people that have worked new japan before interacting with their talent maybe if they're safeguarding that a little bit um that's smart especially because you could have lance archer uh easily appear on new japan strong which is uh on new japan world if you guys don't know every friday night it kind of is like a head-to-head with smackdown thing at least i watch it following smackdown um but yeah that uh instantly helps the american promote uh, you know whatever you want to call it the growth into america by new japan um so you know moxley kenta that whole thing like 
I, that's that's a big it's, shockwave. What do you think? New Japan and AEW, it's finally here. It's super interesting. I mean, this is uh, they. I mean, they've already worked with Impact, NWA, NWA, and now to add New Japan to the list. I mean, that is like that's got to be what like the five biggest companies that aren't WWE in the world, right? Maybe CMLL is somewhere in there, but you know that's right. that's it. Yeah, I mean they're, they're it's crazy. I mean they're they're, they're they got a finger in every. What is this metaphor? Pie? Pie, yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, it's you know, it's literally only ROH that's missing out on this, and you have to figure Well. I I, I mean, are they missing big companies? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. How the mighty have fallen. ROH used to be to so him. damn good. Uh but yeah, it's it's this is I mean, obviously this is a positive thing. I don't know. If anyone's complaining about this, fuck 'em. It's <laughs> this, you know, it was awesome to see Kenta. It was awesome to see it. Obviously, they're wearing the Bullet Club stuff again, so that, you know, they're going to play up that club stuff. And I mean, just think about how talked about the Young Bucks and Kenny were when they were doing all that Bullet Club stuff in New Japan. I mean, that was hot. And now you're actually going to get the cross promotion. I know there was political things in the way over the past few years, but man, this is a. Uh, it feels like it feels like a big moment, and it feels like you know it's uh hopefully it all goes well because I mean we've seen how invasions go in the past, never good, but it uh it certainly seems to be going well with AEW because <clears throat> they just have an open mind and are willing to work with anyone. Yeah, not only are we getting just the wrestlers from AEW wrestling against the New Japan guys, we're getting specifically a Bullet Club Bullet Club set of matches, which is going to be fun for sure. There was a separate segment that they filmed and put on Twitter. Kenny tried to approach Kenta outside and they, you know, Kenta was not having it. He's like, dude, F off. I'm not your friend. So now Kenny's saying that we're going to get a doubles match. Him and Kenta against Lance Archer and Moxley. I mean, oh, they're playing tennis now. <laughs> I'm all for that, man. I I didn't even talk about the main event, but the main event, you know, had Kenta. Uh, well, who was it? Kenta Moxley and no, Kenta Pac. wasn't in it. He I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Phoenix, yeah, yeah. Pent, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, Pack, and Moxley against the Bullet Club guys, right? Omega yeah. and the uh, Good Brothers. Yeah. And I thought that was such a great match. Like I, I it was a great dude. Phoenix is nuts. I mean, Pack is nuts. Uh, you know omega and i mean it's uh, omega and uh moxley are third and fourth on my list of who was nuts in that match so that just goes to tell you how fun it was uh it was my kind of match uh i thought it was a really good way to cap off um you know a pretty good show so uh before we're actually going to wrap things up with some audio that i promised on twitter um the wwe signed parker Boudreaux. uh so i'm gonna play i actually when i i went to college at ucf so i got to interview him um back like three years ago when he was on the football team and being compared to brock lesnar he was even doing like he posted a video of an entrance to brock lesnar's music so uh he's now signed with wwe so i'm gonna uh hopefully i can fish out this audio and put it at the end of this episode um but before we go that i know austin has something he wants to say yeah so um i wanted to bring up this really interesting stat uh that i found earlier this week it's been floating around twitter so a lot of you might have seen it already um in the wake of edge winning the royal rumble uh, and assuming that he will probably be main eventing WrestleMania, uh, this will make the last WrestleMania to include a, uh, well, not to include, but to feature two full-time wrestlers 
the last time that happened in the main event was WrestleMania 27 back in 2011. What the hell? There has been a part-timer in every WrestleMania main event since 2012. Wow. I mean, that I, is we're going to have to go through that list on another episode, I think, and actually talk about that. Maybe as WrestleMania approaches, but that is, I want to say it's unbelievable, but it's totally the worst, believable. The worst part about it is that that WrestleMania 27 main event uh, was John Cena versus The Miz, oh. which is widely regarded as one of the worst WrestleMania main events of all time. And where this is WrestleMania 38 coming up? This is 37, so it's, 37. it's a full 10 years. Right. So wow, that's that's I mean, you know, hopefully someone points that out and they and they make some changes, but uh yeah. You know, I think I think I think we'll actually Edge is not the worst one, uh I'm sure not, is not, not the worst no, one on that list, am, but yeah. I am welcoming him back. It's kind but... of an unbelievable stat, uh right. except when you consider that it's WWE. But yeah, that's it for the show this week. Uh make sure that you guys are subscribed to the podcast on whatever uh, podcast service that you guys use. We're on Google, uh Spotify, uh, Apple Music, all that good stuff. Stitcher. Um just look us up the other Wrestling Dave's podcast. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button. It really helps us grow. And also, you'll never miss a episode. Sometimes we do little random episodes or we're planning on doing little random episodes that aren't on our normal day. Uh, so if you aren't actually looking for the episode, you won't miss it. Um, so that's the that's the plus of subscribing. And make sure you check us out on Twitter at MSC Pro Wrestling. Uh, that's where we tweet about this show. That's where we ask uh, you for mailbag questions. That's where we run our polls and stuff like that. And then follow me at Dave B. Rosenberg on Twitter. Uh, that's more for ratings and stuff like that. But I, uh, you know, I, I talk about wrestling there too. That's just more personal than the uh, main account. But thanks so much for listening, guys. And let's throw it to the audio of me and Parker a few years ago. Jordan Johnson, he uh, went to vegetarian this year, right? Yeah. Any, anything, I mean, what's that like with him? I mean, you're with him all the time, right? So what, what's he say about it? Um, it was a funny change-up, but I think he did it, you know, just to lean up a little bit. And I think he's gotten a lot flex- lot more flexible. And, uh, you know, his eating habits are really great now. He's eating great food all the time. So, I mean, I'm not against it. So he's, he's doing a great job. You, so. Would you ever consider going vegetarian? Uh, probably not. I don't think so. I don't yeah. know if I could do that. I would probably lose a lot of weight. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. That's what I, we asked Cole the same thing. And he <laughs> yeah. said, I don't know. It might not be. For, he said it lasted about seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on to you. Um, so the, basically the story I'm doing, it has a lot to do with that uh, Brock Lesnar stuff. You know, okay, yeah. I've read a lot about it. I've read a lot about you. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've you know, read your Bishop Moore stuff. I've read the Notre Dame. You had the viral meningitis and all that. We'll yeah. touch on those things. But, um. Like, first things first, how long has this been comparison going around? Like, have uh, been people just since you're blonde and big? <laughs> Probably since, like, sophomore year of high school. I kind of started noticing it because my frame and stuff, I was kind of getting taller and bigger. But once I got into college, like, almost probably, like, at slash leaving Notre Dame, they started noticing, like, kind of like my body frame was kind of like them and stuff. So I, I find it pretty cool because he's, he's a pretty funny dude, and, uh, you know, he's Brock Lesnar, so a lot of people know about him, so it's pretty you, funny. You, have you gotten the chance to talk to him or meet him or anything? Um, I haven't got a chance to, like, actually meet him, but I've, I've, uh, I, think, I think I'll probably hopefully talk to him in the future. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's, I know a lot of uh, WWE people have reached out. I think Jim Ross yeah. uh, quote-tweeted you. And yeah, Jim a Ross and times. Paul Heyman, yeah, a couple of those guys yeah. uh, just like to, like, you know, reach out to me sometimes and just... You know, say good job or good luck in the next game or stuff like that. So it's pretty good. Pretty good. What's that? Pretty that's, cool. What's that like for you? It's just cool. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. I did, mean, did you watch that stuff Their support up? is amazing. You know, because they they attract a lot of people, and that brings a lot of people looking at UCF, not just at me. So uh, 
it just brings a lot of cool attention to the program. That's funny that you mentioned that because one of my questions is, is a lot of people that I asked, you know, before I pitched the story was, yeah. um, do you know who he is? Because, you know, I, someone goes, well, he's, he's the backup. And I'm like, well, I think people know who he is. Yeah. Like, he's coming. It was a big deal. He was a four-star recruit on ESPN. Um, but you say that, you know, I, you're on Twitter a lot and you do a lot of that presence. How much of that is for you and how much of that is for UCF? Because I, I know say, it's a lot of UCF stuff. Yeah, I would say it's a, uh, almost all, basically all for UCF. I don't really do really anything for myself, you know. It's all about the team because we're one big family and I treat these people, I treat these teammates like they're my brothers because they are my brothers. And uh, we go through stuff and adversity every day and I just think... Uh, you know, all that attraction, I try to bring to UCF and just try to get more people to, like, talk about UCF or come to the games or just, you know, just be more hype about it on social media and stuff. So I think it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Does that translate around campus? People notice you? and Yeah. It's, you? Yeah. It's Everyone's like, weird. that's Parker. Yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, like, if I'm just, like, on a line bike walking around or whatever, they'll come up to me like, oh, yo, what's up, Boudreau? Like, whatever. <laughs> no idea who they are, but it's, it's cool, though. It's, I like it. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, that level of star power must be like, <laughs> something new and something awesome, right? Yeah, um, So you're obviously a big guy. You're 6'4". Yeah. And a little over 300, where yeah, you at right I'm now? Yeah, about 302 right now. Okay, so, so a little over 300. Um, obviously, you have a huge frame. What... And you're known to be in the gym, kind of a freak. You know, yeah. that's, that's what Cole said. You guys are a bunch of juice heads. You're always <laughs> yeah, in there cool. making a competition out he of it. it yeah. Talk to me a little that's bit about say, yeah. your training. Uh, you know, um, give me a little background on it. When did it start, and when did it get serious? I probably, probably my dad. Um, he started actually training me around like fourth, fifth grade. He had me like flipping tires and stuff outside, making me drink like three to four protein shakes every day. You know, just to like keep gaining weight, keep getting bigger. Oh, I wasn't that big of a kid. I was a scrawny little kid. I was playing quarterback at the time, so he didn't know what position I was going to play. So I just started training with my dad, and then eventually with Tom Shaw, and then just kept grinding. And, uh, yeah, me and Cole, I think, <laughs> me and Cole are some juice heads here for sure. We just love to get after it and get bigger and get, like, as best as we can. Perfect. Um, is there anything in your workout regimen, in your schedule, that would be different, that people don't know? You know, obviously there's some things, you know, like he goes in the gym, he's first one in, last one out. That's impressive. That's impressive. A lot of people say that and a yeah. lot of people hear that. But is there something that, I mean, there was the, the, the box jump yeah, uh, video. Yeah, that, like that, that, one, uh, that one was nuts. Um, I'm actually pretty flexible. I like doing yoga probably like three or four times a week. Um, you know, like after practice, when I'm all tight, I, I do yoga sometimes with my girlfriend or either with a trainer. Um, that, that really does help me, like, relax and just take away, like, anxiety and stuff and just really stretch out my muscles. And that's what I think that's what's been helping me stay, like, a lot more lower and more flexible. You're behind uh, Tyler this year, yeah. and um, depending on how long he's here, um, what what's that been like? Like how you know you're, you're behind someone, so you got to learn, and you have yeah. the hunger to play. Mm. How do you balance that with you? Um, you know, Tyler's a, he's a great player. He's been playing ball for like five years now. Uh, I think he's been starting. I don't, I don't think all of four or five years. And so like seeing like a almost like a vet doing what he's doing um, is good. So I can perfect or perfect my craft every day. Um, you know, I'm obviously, obviously want to play like a lot. You know, I'm hungry, super hungry to play, and I can't wait. And uh, I think I, I know I'll be ready once my time is called. And uh, you know, I just got to keep practicing, getting better every day. That's all I can do. Absolutely. Um, if I asked your coach this, and he would give me a clear answer, but maybe you have a better idea. <laughs> when do you see yourself breaking into that starting lineup and being there every day? Um, I've, I, I have no idea. Um, I hope it's soon. You know, I've, I've been hoping it's soon. I've been hoping. Uh, for a while, um, but you know, I, I just got to keep working and prove them how hard I actually do work and how hard I do go in practice and 
know, how I'm doing extra study work in the film and uh, in the classroom. All right, and if you, if in a year or two or so, uh, people were referring to you as UCF's Beast Incarnate, how would you feel about that? Uh, <laughs> uh I don't know. That's funny. Um, you know, like I don't, I don't like a lot of stuff just about myself, but I, I feel like that's kind of funny. But if it brings attention yeah, to the program, yeah, if it brings attention to the program for sure, you know, because I don't want it to be about myself. And there's no chance that you do a WrestleMania match against Brock Lesnar if we come back to Orlando? Oh, I don't know, man. I have no idea. I can't tell you that. That would be crazy, though. That would be crazy. <laughs> that, that, son. Yeah, but, that would be a... Hey, man, yeah. they, they have done crazier things. I, I'll yeah, tell you that much. Kurt Angle, crazy. Jason Jordan Angle.